Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Start with a cough, getting over a sinus infection. Can't even like say, ah ha ha. We are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. A Rafino's rants with a little bit of twist. I could, you know, Zachy, we could make this more of a pep talk. We could make this more of a pep talk for LSU. LSU. It's interesting. The reason that football is so well loved is because on any given Saturday, you can go out there and win a game. Any given Saturday when a team comes down to Death Valley, you can win the game. Can LSU pull it off this Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time in Baton Rouge in the midst of Death Valley? We will recap Auburn LSU. We will also do an SEC recap. We will talk some Tennessee um, moving forward here tonight. We will. A lot of criticism. A lot of film breakdown was done Sunday and today. Carter the Power Bryant, who did a phenomenal job on his uh, uh, film breakdown, will be joining us live at 7.30. We'll talk about that with him. We'll do that SEC breakdown and the same struggle. So a pretty eventful night, as we do every single Monday, live on AYS. Okay. So it's going to be it's going to be fun. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. When you watch the Carter Bryant film breakdown, a lot of what I'm going to say tonight 
you're not going to like unless you go watch it. You're not going to like it. A lot of things have to change offensively. A lot. I'll tell you the most things that need to be changed. But before we do that, we'll get to a couple comments before we get started. John Bellin says, shared and liked. That's what I'm talking about, John. That's what I'm talking about. Bring it on, baby. Let's roll. Because I'm going to tell you tonight. I'm going to tell you tonight. It's coming. It's coming. Swamp Cat says, I've heard about all the JD excuses I can take. The dude can't pass. Okay. Uh, Not saying nuts is the answer, but damn. See, the problem with what Swamp Cat just said is nobody's talking about the drops. Is is it an excuse? Probably. Maybe. Swamp Cat, I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree with you. Watch the film breakdown that Carter Bryant did. Ryan Williams from the Drake Williams Law Firm. DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com says, bring on Tennessee. Fans need to be in full force. I'll be having Coors Light for breakfast. Well, the last time, Ryan, the last time that Ryan Williams and I had Coors Light for breakfast, Jay Johnson brought his team to Hattiesburg and beat USM. The time we didn't have Coors for breakfast, they lost. I blame it that we didn't drink Coors at 8 a.m. That's what I that's what I uh believe. Austin Johnson says Tennessee Smoky Grays are fire. Are they wearing those this weekend? I think that they are. They can wipe their asses with it. Just telling you the truth. Andrew Paul's Hub Martin says slow starts will get us killed. That is the that is the biggest comment of the show I've seen so far. Without question. Kevin Forche says on Facebook, anything over six and six is a success. My ceiling still stands at nine and three. Charlie Bennett says that intro laughing my butt off. What's funny about it? Mark LaGrange says, did you notice in the press conference today how, how good a handle Kelly had on everything from strategy to execution to personnel to adjustment to competition? Refreshing. Yeah, it definitely was not. Um, it definitely was not a Ed Orgeron press conference, and none of them are. Jack Davis says, Carter breaks down film better than the pros. I do agree. When I listen to Carter break down film, it is like listening to a college coach talk about it. It really is. And he's going to say things, he's going to say things that you don't like. But here's the truth, and I'm going to say this out of the break. The things that are said tonight are on film. Okay? So when you get mad, you go in the comments, you start yelling at me, you start calling me a Rudy Poo, which happens more frequently than not. The funny thing is the people that do that don't do it in the live shows. That's something that's interesting. However, the eye in the sky does not lie. There's a lot that has to be fixed. There's a lot that has to be fixed. Kenny Futch says, happy birthday to Tiger uh, fan Stacy Thomas, happy birthday to, happy birthday to her. Happy birthday to you. 
Nick Rizzuto says, do you think number seven checked out or is his draft stock dropping? I don't know if his draft stock is dropping. I do think there is a part of... Um, I think there's a part of that. Him being a little checked out. Swamp Cat says, it's not Dan Brock, damn it. The QB just stinks at passing the ball. Okay. He's completing 68% of his passes, and last week there was nine drops from receivers. I, Swamp Cat, you can be mad. You can put the exclamation points. The eye in the sky does not lie. Dwayne also says, ask Blake, not ask, why do you keep talking about the drops when that's not even like that's 1% of the problem with Jane Daniels holding the ball to six to seven seconds and taking a stack instead of running? That's, Dwayne, buddy, you got to go watch the film. It, what you're saying is, is just not true. It's just not true. Zach, do me a favor. I posted on Twitter. We're going to do this out of the break. I posted on Twitter a link to the message board, okay? Go find it. We're going to share it inside the show. We cool with that? We got we got that? Go find that picture. I'm going to show you one of them. Uh, Tyree Love sends 499 via Super Chat. Last one, then we'll get to the break. Says, Daniels is not a bad passer. He's mentally struggling. Bingo. With playing a perfect game. Bingo. Game instead of just going out there to ball. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Bingo. Guys, it's a whole offensive issue. It makes, guys, if, I, so let me tell you this. If I came out here and ripped a dog manure out of Jane Daniels, you would be praising the shit out of me. It's not true. Garrett Nussmeyer came in and did some really good things. Why didn't they work? Let me tell you why they didn't work. They did not work because they had drop passes. It's the same concept. Take out JD. Take out Jaden. What happened with, with Garrett Nussmeyer? Because the truth is, Garrett put it on the money. Garrett put it on the money. You can, you can complain about that all you want. It's the truth. All right. Let's get to this. Let's get to the break. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag and our good friends over at GM Varnado and Sons. Everybody stop, collaborate, and listen. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. If you're listening to us on YouTube, do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button and notification bell. Share to your social media pages as well. If you're listening to us on XM Radio, TuneIn app, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Rate, review, subscribe, and all that good stuff as well. Also, I put a recruiting tidbit and some things of watching Carter's film breakdown that you may like on the form, AYSSnetwork.com. That's AYSSnetwork.com. All right, Zach, let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons and BetOnline.ag. Guys, we return in one minute and 15 seconds. We recap Auburn next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. 
BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Barndo and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. I will give a Rafino's rants here to start off, but I wanted to give this. This is what I was just talking about. Okay, so look at this coverage. Now, you can't see my screen and our, where my, my arrow's pointed, but look at the AU of Auburn University. So Jaden looks left to a covered receiver, okay? What he did on this play is he went boom to the far right to Jeray Jenkins, then he went to Mason Taylor, both of them being covered. And this is just one example of what we're going to talk about tonight. The reason he did not throw to Kayshawn here was he pump faked Kayshawn to see if this back safety, so if you see the goalpost and you look down, and I apologize to the uh, audio podcast listeners, but I'm just going to have to do this. If you see right below the goalpost, he was trying to draw the safety, the other safety down to Kayshawn to get a one-on-one with Malik on the outside. This is what we do when we break down film. This is what we do. Why is he running the ball here? Why does he run the ball in this gap through the middle? The reason he runs it is the safety is going to come down to Kayshawn. You have a bracket coverage on the far left, and the two receivers on the far right are covered. That is what I'm talking about when I say that is what we do on the film breakdown. Okay, so let's talk about it. Everybody stop, collaborate, and listen, and hit the like and share. Bottom line, and I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this. Okay? Jaden has to get better at number at multiple things. There's not an argument from me on what he's got to do better. One thing that he has to do better, he's got to stop being so conservative of getting the ball down the field. That I completely agree. Brian Kelly talked about that today. We talked about that at, at deep lengths in the postgame show. He's got to throw the ball down the field. I can live with an interception if you have one-on-one coverage like we saw with Kayshawn multiple times throughout the game. You have to let it rip unless he is being told something else. Now, if he's being told something else, we don't know that, or at least I don't know that. That's number one. Number two, he's got to be more confident in the system. I've been thinking all weekend, why doesn't he have trust with his receivers? Why doesn't he have trust with X, Y, and Z? Um, can you maybe close out and get back in? 
All right. Somebody said that they couldn't hear. Um, maybe you want to close and get back, get back in. Yeah, restart the app, come back, and get back in. Can everybody hear me? Give me a thumbs up. Zach, we're good on your end? All right. The bottom line is, is JD doesn't – I don't feel as if he has confidence in the play, all of the play calls that are being called. Although, I believe that Mike Denbrock is scheming up some really good stuff. Guys, let me throw this your way. Let me just throw this your way. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Take the quarterback out. Take or let me say this: Take Jane Daniels out. If I came out here right now and I told you, and I told you that a quarterback had twenty passes in a game, six of them were drops. What would you say? Then what if I told you that the backup quarterback came in and he threw six more passes? and two to maybe three of those passes were dropped, what would you say? What would you say? Because you can come in here and say all that you want, that he, that Jaden sucks, that Garen sucks, that they're not good. That's, that's honestly a lazy take. It is what it is. I've asked you multiple times. Today, I said that Carter would do it on Saturday. And I will continue to say it. You have to go watch the film breakdown because it's comments like this, Anthony Jennings 2.0, that's so idiotic and not true. Anthony Jennings was a 44% passer at LSU. Jane Daniels is at 68%. Mason Taylor dropping three passes, two of them coming on critical third downs. John Emery dropping a pass on a critical third down. Who do you blame that on? Now, you can say I'm defending JD5, and you could say I'm a, an apologist. It is what it is. I'm here for it. The truth is, multiple things can and is true in this. He's got to let the bitch rip. He's got to let it rip. Multiple things are true here. If you got one-on-one coverage with Kayshawn Booty, let that son of a gun rip. Bottom line. If I'm Mike Denbrock, I'm coming to Jaden and saying, give me your favorite 20 plays in this playbook. Guys, with all due respect, Mississippi State runs the same seven plays over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it works. You had Joe Burrow doing an interview in the AFC Championship game. He goes, guys, we ran 12 plays. They have different formations. If those are the plays that you like, if those are the plays that you like, run them for him. M again, multiple things can be true at once. I thought that Emory Jones and Will Campbell at times held their own. I also believe there were times in critical situations that they did not do so well. They held their own, though. Auburn was doing some very exotic things. Guys, did you know that they put de their defensive end in the middle of the field? And right before the snap, he would run up into the middle of the field where the linebackers are usually hanging out, and they would still rush four. And Papo, number 29, I believe, would spy Jaden Daniels. Very goofy look, very exotic. It does not excuse, it does not excuse Jaden on some of the passes that he missed. It also doesn't excuse the drops. 
It simply doesn't. The, the truth is you have multiple things that are bad going on on this offense. It's not just one thing. Guys, it's never just one thing. And girls, it's never just one thing. Because even if, even if, even if, and this isn't a great stat, but it's a stat. Even if you cut Jane Daniels' drops that were that he had from his receivers, and which would have been three, he's still 11 for 20. I wish all of those three would have came on third down. I wish those three would have came at third down. What nobody nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. You have quarterbacks across the league when they're with a new head coach and a new system that struggle. Do they not? Are you not a Saints fan? Although it may be the same system, why is Jameis, why is Jameis having issues? Well, Blake, his O-line sucks. They do suck. They do suck. He's got more wide receivers he knows what to do with. What's wrong with the offense? What's wrong with the offense? My, my point being, my point being, there are multiple things going on here. You can love Jane Daniels. You can dislike Jane Daniels. It doesn't matter to me what your opinion is. The facts are the facts, and they remain the same. The facts are the facts, and they remain the same. Now, I'll see this from Danny Snow. He says, without the drops, Nuss would have been four of six. That's also a part of this. So the reason why I'm giving Jaden, although there are some passes he has no slack on, some of them are not in great places. Yes. He's got to set his feet. Guys, it, he, he's got to set his feet and let it rip. I, I will admit that. It, because the eye in the sky is not lying there. But I've yet to see... I have yet to see anybody coming in here and saying what the issue was with Garrett Nussmeyer. Why did he go two for six? Why did he go two for six? Because the same issues were, were happening. I will tell you this. It, I don't believe it's going to happen this Saturday. Now, to go on to the defense or, or more because we spend so much time on Jaden. Guys, we literally in the postgame show spent an hour on Jaden damn near. Damn near an hour. There are some good things that you still did. Guys, you ran for over 190 or right at 195 net rushing yards. Guys, if you rush for 200 yards in any SEC game, Auburn may be bad. What they're not bad is, is their defensive line and linebackers. That is an accomplishment. Now, Auburn may be bad, but they did beat a Missouri team who went toe-to-toe with Georgia the following week, this past weekend. Now, transited property isn't always the best measuring stick of how to do things. But I will tell you this. I think there are times that we just sit here and say, oh, this team lost. Oh, they're ass. That is, not, that is probably one of the worst takes you can have. This offensive line, in my opinion, had a good, man, 
game. But when it came to crunch time, they clapped cheeks. That's the truth. I will take, let me tell you this. I will take 200 or 195 rushing yards the rest of the way and every single game moving forward if it dictates a win. But I do not, what is a little bit crazy is it seems to me that there is a little bit more constructive criticism on this offense this year than maybe some last. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's recency biased. I don't know what it is. Maybe because they were throwing for 300 yards a game. Did you know that LSU was 15th in passing yards a season ago? They still went 6-7. and seven. A win is a win. There are sometimes, there are sometimes you have to be lucky better than good. And I'm going to take the win. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Defensively, guys, you're top, you're top 10 defense trending. You're a top 10 defense trending. This weekend, you have arguably the best offense you're going to see all season long. You have arguably the hottest quarterback, and pause, not from looks, but you have the hottest quarterback when it comes to quarterback stats in the country playing against the toughest competition. Hendon Hooker, who is Tennessee's quarterback, has th- and, and all of his starts, not careers, not career at Tennessee, but in his starts at Tennessee, guys, he's thrown 45 touchdowns and two interceptions. The game will be won and lost on how your defense performs and if they can not just stop, but contain, contain Tennessee. It's of my opinion that LSU's offense gets moving this weekend at home. It's of my opinion that you can do some things defensively that Hendon Hooker hasn't seen. Because I'm buying at the current moment, at the current moment, I am buying what Matt House is selling. There's one thing that I will believe, or do believe, is I believe that Brian Kelly was right, and he's he is right. If you go eight of twenty with eighty for eighty yards passing, you're gonna get beat down this Saturday. I don't think that they're gonna do that. Actually, I'll I'll place a bet right now. Zach, do you wanna you wanna make a quick bet and you don't have to lose anything? If LSU doesn't go better than eight of twenty passing for eighty yards against Tennessee, I'll shave my beard. Live on well, not live. Maybe I'll record it and then post it. How about that? How about that? And if I and if they don't do better than eight for 20 for 80 yards, everybody on that next Monday or the postgame show has to share their show to the, their social media pages. How about that? I will shave this raggedy beard if LSU doesn't go better passing-wise 8 for 20 of 80 yards. I still am going to keep a little bit of faith from some things that I saw. I still believe Jane Daniels can do some good things. However, I think LSU fans need to be a little bit more realistic. 
I think you need to be a little bit more realistic. What do you expect this season to be? Anthony, Anthony B. Saints, by the way, says, yeah, and we all know how Zach pays on his bets. Yeah, Zach did not, did not honor his bet. He did not. That is true. He was supposed to shave his goatee. He got so scared, he called me. Oh, oh dear God, Mr. Blank. Please don't let me shave the, the tickler. That's what he called it. I don't even know what that means. What is a tickler on your face? I, I don't... I. Defense has to have a big game this upcoming Saturday. It just, it is what it is. Now, I will tell you this. I will tell you this, and this this is not necessarily a Rafino's rant. And Zach, you can start starring some of these comments and we'll get to them about two minutes before Carter Bryant joins us. Let me get to this. You can beat Tennessee Saturday. LSU opens up a three and a half point dog at home to Tennessee, the number eight team in the country. To everybody that's on that team, to the coaching staff that's on that team, or that's on that team, to the athletic trainers, to the front office staff, no one is believing after what we saw against Auburn that LSU can beat Tennessee at home. But here's the thing: LSU fans have to pack out the stadium at 11 a.m. It's not what you want to do. I understand it's not what you want to do. But if you want LSU to have success and win, you got to pack that thing out. You got to be there at 11 a.m. sharp, making sure that your Tigers has the best opportunity to go out there and win against a top 10 team. Because there's so many things on the line that LSU can have in this season. Guys, it's still wide open. The undefeated teams in the SEC West, Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU. There's still so much in front of you that you have to go do. But to the players... To the players, no one is believing in you outside of you. Now, if you were here in the very beginning of the show, I played a clip from Coach Prost. You got all the ridicule that LSU football is taking right now, all the ridicule you took, all the ridicule you took after going 8 of 20 in the passing game for 80 yards, go out there and whip somebody's ass. Be more man than them. You want a pun? Here's the pun. Have the eye of the tiger. Glubber Lang, Glubber Lang walks up to you and stares you in the, in the face down. You tell him to go for it because you can do it. That team, Tennessee, coming into Death Valley, you can beat them. I know my buddy Carter has him winning the East. If they come in here and you play disciplined, sound, fundamental football, you just let that bitch rip. You can beat those Rudy Poos from, from Knoxville. You can do it. Don't listen to the outside noise. Don't listen to what Kirk Herbstreit's got to say. Don't listen to what I got to say. Carter's got to say. Any media member that's out here that covers LSU or Tennessee, don't listen to a damn one of them. You go out there and you kick somebody's ass. Because the truth of all of this is, you got to utilize what you have. Harold Perkins, BJ Ojolari, Get Kayshawn Booty involved. Get Jack Besh involved. Run down on kickoff on the opening kick. 
and knock somebody's fucking teeth out. They don't believe in you. They don't believe in you. As the great movie Remember the Titans said, as they said in Remember the Titans said, I forget the coach's name, I don't want them to gain another yard. You go out there wanting to knock somebody's teeth into their mouth. You play sound discipline football against Tennessee, you're going to win. Everybody's going to call me a blithering fool. You already do. But this game to me, in my gut, tells me and feels like LSU Georgia 2018. Quarterback struggling offensively. He can't throw for 50% completion percentage. You beat him by 30. That Georgia team was more talented than this Tennessee team, in my opinion. Offensively, eh, not really. Not even close. All right. You want you want a pep talk? You want a Rafino's rants? There you go. You make them remember. That team has not played in the atmosphere like they will play on Saturday morning. They haven't. All right. We beat Georgia by 15. No shit. All right, let's get to Carter Power of the Bryant. Let's talk about our good friends over at Gramco. TheGramco.com. Be back in 30 with Carter Bryant. You're not going to like what he says, I don't think, but the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Next. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake Coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code AYS25. We're back. He's back, baby, like he never left. Carter, you're, you're East winning. Your East winning Tennessee Vols are going down Saturday. I, got, I feel it. I, they're going to call me a blithering fool. I don't know how much I believe in myself. But nevertheless, Carter, how are you? Man, I'm world class, Blake. I, 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 truth be told, I don't want Tennessee to win the East because obviously, you know, it, this game's big for them if they want to do that. But you know, for me, they're a really good football team with a really exciting offense. Their team kind of looks like how I thought they would going into the year. Uh, and I saw you tweeting about Hendon Hooker a little bit earlier. Obviously, it's he's a one great. He's good. Oh, you, he's due for a pick. 
He's due for a Harold Perkins pick six. I love it. <laughs> two of them. Not one, but two of them. Here's the I thing. Here's the thing, okay, about Hendon Hooker. He still turned the football over a couple of times. He's So, the interceptions, yes. He has a perplexity of fumbling the football inside the pocket. Okay? He fumbled against Florida. Look, they they can be beat, Cards. all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is an ex- extremely flawed team, right? Um, 80's a good receiver for them. Obviously, Cedric Tillman is out. going to be very key. He's uh, out. He's Like you say, he's out. So, you know, you take him out, but you still have Brew McCoy, who's a good player, 15 from USC, and Hyatt, 11 uh, for them. Obviously, the health of all those people, uh, we'll see. And them coming off a of bye week is going to be key. But what's really interesting, Blake, is I think a lot of people, when they think of, like, modern-day spread offenses, they think of the pass. But these teams are better when they're running, right? Ole Miss is a run-based offense. Now, Tennessee, obviously, is a little bit more aired out than, let's say, Ole Miss. But they are really good at running the football and creating numerical advantages. And that's going to be the key thing, right? You know, Brian Kelly individually mentioned how great Jaquelin Roy played this past weekend, how consistent Wingo's been. He's been a lot better than I thought he'd be in this year one for him at LSU. And if those two guys have big games and we can defend their box with a light amount of people, as in five, six, sometimes seven guys, then we should be pretty good uh, or, or better than most going up against this Tennessee offense. So let's do this. And it was my fault for going to Tennessee first. That's fine. But to beat Tennessee, we also have to know what LSU is coming off of. Now, a lot of people will hear this and say, offense looks horrible. They're trash. They don't have a rhythm. They're not good. They don't have an identity. Some of it is rightly criticized. But I watched your film breakdown today. Okay. And... I got to say, I was more shocked at the amount of drops. And I talked about it a lot on Saturday, but some of them just being so blatant from both quarterbacks, J.D. and Garrett alike. Carter, when you were breaking down this offense this past week against Auburn, what were some of your biggest concerns? Yeah, so this was the first road game, right? I do think, and, and you really have to look really closely at this, the receivers really struggled with the turf, uh, they, they, especially Malik, he tripped a few times on the grass. Uh, getting in and out of breaks were a little bit of an issue. I wouldn't overreact to that. The turf was really thick, if you will. I'm not a grass expert by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it, it was an interesting playing surface. So I thought that that was something that was just a little thing to keep in mind this was you know the first time playing a true road game um first time out of the state louisiana yeah and then the second thing here and i don't want anyone to just go crazy about this because i've raved about these two young men individually for weeks on your channel weeks on my channel uh this was the first game where will and emory jones well will since florida state but emory jones had some issues against their bull rush that's expected you know they're true freshmen you're playing against adults this is the first time where you can't fully hear the snap count 
that was expected. That was something I brought up in 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 my previews because the bull rushing from their ends, their ends are thicker players. Uh, they they we had a lot of issues with that. Yeah, they're good. They're, Auburn's front is really good. So the offensive line, Blake had had their worst game pretty clearly since you know the the first game versus Florida State. Now it wasn't as bad as it was versus Florida State, but it's it still had its issues. But ultimately, you know, the, the drops are bad. Don't get it twisted. And I, I felt like Brian Kelly. It's rare when the head coach says exactly what should be said. I I do think, and most people, I would say probably ninety percent of the people watching this did listen to the clip. Brian Kelly didn't hold back. At like all. he said, he said specifically exactly what needed to be said. Right. The balls weren't perfectly thrown. They could have been caught. But at the same time, the catchers weren't, you know, receiving perfectly thrown balls, the protections. Uh, th- there were some rough moments with that. The play calling, I think, uh, is going to get a reevaluation. So I think all of those things married together to what was a historically bad LSU passing attack. Um, you, 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 Honestly, and once again, I'm saying the same stuff that Brian Kelly said earlier, but, you know, anyone that's watched me know that I'm not always going to say what the head coach says. He's right, though, in saying, yeah, we should be happy that we beat Auburn. And, yes, Auburn is always a weird game. And, yes, they are playing for a coach that they know is going to get fired. But at the same time, you hear this word all the time, Blake, in the coaching world, process, process, process. Well, if you are a process-based person – that means the result on Saturday, while you could be happy about it, wasn't just, if you will. They averaged over six yards per play, which honestly is really good. We averaged less than four, which is really bad, and we still won the game. Uh, you look at Bill Connolly. Uh, Brody Miller tweeted this out earlier. If you look at all the pregame metrics, according to Bill Connolly's model, LSU, the average team in that situation, wins 8% of the time. 8 8% of the time. So we were very lucky to come out of there with the victory. And honestly, Blake, it came down to just the superhuman defensive plays made by Harold Perkins, Baskerville, Ojolari, and, of course, the the, the best defensive play I, I can remember in, uh, over these past couple of years made by Greg Brooks. I agree with everything that you said. A lot of the a lot of the things, Carter. Here was the biggest thing for me. You know, because we talk off air a lot. Yeah. The number one stat that I go to, the number one stat that I go to is third down efficiency. And when you have six drops from Jaden, four of them on third down, that is that will make or break you as a team. If you can't stay on the field and get yards to get into the red zone, at least for a field goal, you are going to get beat. The four turnovers completely helped them. So I will ask you this. Tennessee provides a whole bunch of, I, I, I would say, complications for your defense. Right. If LSU is to win, how would they do it? It's a good question, Blake. The first thing is obviously, I think defensively, they just stick with what they're doing. Because at the same time, Tennessee has not placed, played a defense like LSU's. LSU is playing at an extremely high level defensively. Um, I know quite a few people in the Arkansas media circles um, 
they, they are shocked that Greg Brooks is playing this good. Yeah, I, I talked to I, Ty Richardson. I know that you yeah, know Ty. Ty. He said the same thing today. Yeah, Ty, Ty's a really good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, just people, you know, going into it was like, hey, Greg Brooks was like, okay for us. Well, he'd, he'd be by far their best member of the secondary right now. They have the worst secondary in the SEC right now. Um, I, I I think that's been a little bit of a shock for, for, for me, Blake. I was a little bit higher on the secondary going into this year and a little bit more skeptical on the defensive line going into this year. But even though I was high on the secondary going into the year, I did not think that they would be this freaking good. They are really playing at a high level right now. Gardner, Converse, all of them. But you look at those matchups, a lot of those were against wide receiver groupings. If Let's be honest, if Coy Moore is your best receiver, it says a lot about your receiving core, right? Um, I thought he was the best wide receiver in LSU last year. Yeah, well, he was. And honestly, uh, he was arguably LSU's best quarterback on Saturday as well. He was. He was a player of the game. Hey, he threw a dart to Harold Perkins, man. He did. (laughs) He did. (laughs) But but truth be told, the secondary is playing a lot better um, than than anyone could have expected up to this point. They're going to give Tennessee issues if they continue to play like this, right? Um, So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I also think... Harold Perkins just being added to the defense is giving a lot of offenses a lot of issues. But this is what's going to be very key in this game, where, you know, Greg Penn is starting to play a little bit better. What Tennessee does is they spread their wide receivers really wide. Outside the numbers. Outside the numbers. So why do you do that? Well, it just creates that extra space for linebackers to have to fill. So... Yeah, that's going to be the key. Can LSU defend their running game with, you know, LSU's front? And it's going to be a big Jaquelin Roy game. Uh, he was so huge for LSU in this last game versus Auburn. It's going to be very key uh, to continue that. And, you know, you flip to the other side of the football, Blake, which obviously is the more important side of the football. You know, can can you just get anything going in the, in in uh, through the air? There's a lot of different moving parts here as to why it looked as clunky. Um, but, you know, I, I do have a few ideas that I think LSU is going to try over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to leave that to last because I think you're sourcing and my source here in our line, and I'm going to let you talk about that. But I do want to get to this. Carter, why are they starting off so slow offensively? Um, some of it's penalties, but honestly, there were no penalties at the start of, like, this one, right? Outside of the Josh Williams cut block. Uh, Which, w- by w- the way, my God. Yeah, I, I, I was mean, bad. It was bad. But- Carter, it, it was worse than bad. He's – Josh is leading, leaving his feet while the defender is then going down. Yeah, well, I, I'll say this. The way Josh played, I'll take it. I'll right? take it too. Yeah, he Williams was beyond his, his my own expectations of him. Um, you know, for 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 me, Blake, I I think offensively, uh, part of the slow start stuff, obviously is 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 the drops that that obviously needs to get fixed. You know, we can have a debate about the first Mason Taylor drop. It was a wobbler coming out of Jane's arm. Um, it wasn't the best thrown football, but it's a dig. You got to lead them, right? And the thing about throwing over the middle on a route like that, you also have the umpire. So, you know, then that wasn't his first progression either. So you got to give Jane a little bit of a leeway uh, there. That's part of it. 
Blake, I also think part of it is the offensive line for LSU sometimes takes a while to get settled. And it did take a while to get settled on the road versus Auburn this past weekend. So, you know, hopefully that gets cleaned up. Um, but I also think this, this is just my personal thought process. On um, and I'm not just saying this just to say it, okay? I really do think, uh, you know, that they need to contemplate playing Jack at tight end in, in some passing situations, right? And run what I like to call 10.5 personnel, right? It's not... <laughs> right, right, right. Right, right. It's not truly 11 because Jack's not truly a tight end, but it's he played some tight end last year and, and you know, give him those reps because it also gives Mason Taylor a break. There's a lot on this young man's shoulders playing a very difficult position, which is tight end. Rookie tight ends in the NFL are historically terrible. True freshman tight ends not named Brock Bowers are, are normally not, you know, transcendent. So I, I would like to see Jack potentially get some of those reps, especially on clear uh, passing situations. I wouldn't even label it as tight end in reference to this. We all know at this point the screen in, when you the tight end or Mason Taylor goes in the flat, they do a yeah. zone read RPO off of it. We saw them do that in the spring game. I talked about that play th a thousand times during the offseason. Put Jack there. Yeah. Put, put somebody there. For crying out loud, put Kayshawn. Because the truth uh -huh. is you don't need a tight end there because technically you're in 12 personnel if you want to label that way, because the in-down lineman or in-down receiver is usually another tight end on the opposite side when you're motioning Taylor into that progression. I agree with you. You got to find – Carter, here's my thing. My big, my biggest two complaints. Number one, I am okay with Jaden not uh, – uh, how do I want to say this? Because I don't – it's going to come off wrong. At some point, you just got to let that son of a gun rip. Okay, and I think he's too timid right now. But here's my biggest thing, and I want to—I wonder if you get this feel. Do you feel like he just doesn't trust a lot of guys at at that position right now? As in, Jaden doesn't trust the receivers. I, yeah, because Carter, the truth is, I do think that there are some tight windows, and some tight windows we've seen him throw in. It just feels to me that he doesn't trust them at the current moment. That is how I perceive it. Now, here's another thing, too. The people who say he's a one-progression quarterback and then he runs, it's not even remotely true. But it just right. feels as if that there's something holding him back from letting it rip. What do you think it is for him? What's holding him back, in your opinion, from letting it rip? I will say this, Blake. Yes, it was the New Mexico game. This is what excited me about Jaden going into Auburn, though, is that he, he did, right? He he went through a lot of progressions. He didn't really force the football to anybody. He had that throw that Brian Kelly raved about on his fourth progression to Dre deep over the middle. What I think potentially happened this past game is that he got a little spooked. You know, it was your first true road game. And, you know, you always hear this, don't, don't turn it over, don't turn it over, don't turn it over. And I do believe he's still at 0% turnover-worthy plays, as in he's not thrown a football that has been turnover-worthy at all, um, which is good and bad. You want to take some chances, which is what Brian Kelly was saying in this game. I also think, you know, as poorly as Jaden could be throwing the football, and the five yards in the second half is just, you know, truly inexcusable, 
what I think people fail to realize is his running is so special. He breaks so many tackles. He is currently second in the SEC according to rushing EPA per play, as in anybody. I saw that. That's insane. Rocket Sanders is number one, correct, from Arkansas? Yes. Yes. So he's amazing. When he actually does run, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? The ball's not going to get dropped. The ball's not going to get turned over. He he doesn't fumble. Um, You know, him running isn't the worst thing in the world, but him missing a lot of throws and – the drops on top of it, once again, it's everybody all together, is is an issue. Now, the play calling is where it gets very interesting, right? Uh, what I see that's 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 fascinating that LSU is also missing right now, and Blake, you know, I like Mike Dimbrock's play calling. I do feel he the offense is a little too Desmond Ritterish, we uh, and not more Jaden Daniels esque. Yeah, I feel RPO like stuff is what you're hitting yes. at. I, they they hit Malik on an RPO. I, they didn't really do that. Uh, they missed BTJ on one earlier where Jaden sailed him, where it was a clear miscommunication but, between. But even the then, Carter, I, 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 even on the Brian Thomas miss that I didn't even count as a drop. Okay, he's blocking downfield, and I I I, I then went back and li- and agreed with you. He's trying to get separation, but separation on an RPO on a quick slant. Yeah, you should just go. You, you should just go. go. That is a yeah. that is Carter. That is my point. When you break down the film and the receivers running the wrong route or not the route. So, for example, on the RPO, Jaden set his feet and is waiting. And I, I go back and watch your copy of the film breakdown. Brian Kelly is losing his mind at Brian Thomas to turn around. Right. Those yeah. are the small things that drive me insane. Quick yeah. slants. Yeah. I I I I would just do a lot of a lot of quick stuff. Honestly though, Blake, th- this was something else is this this was a big concern for me is that Auburn did play a little bit more aggressively defensively with a lot of one high coverages, right? So putting a what, defensive end in the middle of the field as a third safety to then run right. down. I, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. So they did play off, but there were some opportunities to hit shots over the top, um, and we just didn't. We just didn't hit them, or or we just didn't see them for for whatever it's worth. I do think one thing though, and you see this with other play callers in the SEC, and hopefully we see more of this. I would like some simpler schemes getting guys open at some point, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, I see Lane Kiffin drop Y cross uh, every game and it works. I have no idea how he does it. He does it. Uh, I see Kendall Bryles schemed a lot of things open for his players. I do think uh, some simpler stuff will, will help out this LSU passing offense just to get it going. But I cannot stress this enough, Blake. The wide receivers for LSU versus Auburn had an uncharacteristically bad game. When it comes to separation, when it comes to getting out of their breaks, when it comes to to, to drops, whatever the reason was, I, I, I was just kind of shocked at how well Auburn's guys on the outside, you know, took care of our guys. So, you know, a lot of this is on Jaden. A lot of this is just on everybody on the offensive side. But there was something good, right? The position group 
that I've been really hard on is the running backs. And they've and been your best so far, brother. They, they, especially versus Auburn. The, and as Brian Kelly brought up, and if you go go to the film review, John Emery's fumble was bad. It is a second straight game. He had a fourth quarter fumble. But when two offensive linemen are pulling and colliding in front of you, it spooks you. It, that rare, that rarely happens. It never happens. And and and, and there was a guy coming off the edge. He got spooked. It, it, it he shouldn't have fumbled. You just got to eat it and 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 just end the play. But. <sighs> kind of scared him and outside of that and John Emery had a drop as well uh a critical a critical drop though I mean it's a critical drop it was a critical drop but he broke a lot of tackles he did and made a lot of crap happen for LSU try to leap a man yeah tried tried to leap uh you know I had a few negatively you know graded plays for 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 John to drop and and a few other things but that was huge for his confidence, and that really showed me something. And hopefully, you know, that, that helps him build his confidence moving forward. Uh, he can't leap from the five again or the four. That was, that was bad. Okay. Uh, it, the, that was really the, bad. The, if he makes one cut, it, I mean, the tight ends, for what it's worth, obliterated Auburn up front. It's a walk-in. Yeah. Uh, let me, let's get to this comment because you're talking about the running backs, and then a couple more i got to ask you. Um, yeah. Black Goatee on YouTube sends us $5 via Super Chat. He says, what's up, Blake and Carter? How about us showing some love for Josh Williams banging it hard up the middle versus Auburn? Um, we pause. did talk about that, but he says, pause. I, look, here, here's my thing, Carter, and I've talked to you this religiously, and I know that me and you have gone back and forth on this. If, you're, if he gets you four yards of rush, two or three of those yards, he's getting on his own. He's never going to give up. Um... To me, he sets a tone in that room. Right. Can, can I say something really quickly about Black OT? Sure. So I don't. I don't. I don't know how this happened. Okay. So I didn't know about the Coy Moore interview at all. Like he sent me. So this was like early last week. So he sent me the link, and he was like, "Hey, did you see the stuff that Coy Moore said about about Kayshawn? And he sent I, it to I, me too, and I kind of ignored it a little. Yeah, I ignored it, and I was like, oh, okay, well, it's him. And th- so I, we talked again, and he sent it to me again. And I did, you know, a live stream talking about it. And then uh, Mikey Matic was the one that tweeted out the clip. So uh-huh. let's be, uh, I, I will say this Black OT might have been the genesis of this whole thing. I don't know who the first LSU fan was, uh, but Black OT might deserve a little bit of credit because Coy Moore was in his head. Uh, oh Moore, man, he Coy was. Moore, Coy Moore was in his own head saying, "Okay, I got to go out there and go win it," and he made the two critical mistakes that won us the game. So I, I just wanted to give Black OT some some credit. He's a good Black OT won LSU a football game. I, it might he I I don't know if he was the first to unearth because the one thing people forget is the Coy Moore interview was old, right? I I'm pretty sure this interview was done like before the season or it was done like some time ago uh but it it, it is very interesting black ot one of the many sharp lsu youtube supporters of you and 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 me but um but yeah blake uh <laughs> i just love that stuff and and look i have nothing against coy Moore, but that, i do i never want to see I, a man I, suck on a popsicle like that ever again <laughs> i mean I there was no that. pausing <laughs> you know i just carter i for what it's worth I did not expect. I logged off. I didn't get back on Twitter. Oh, that, that, that the that entire one, that day. Was, huh? I mean, huh? the man huh? was huh? going to town. 
Black Goatee's odds for Heisman just rose from plus three fifty uh, thirty five hundred to plus sixteen hundred. Okay, Black Goatee. Up uh, two more, and then and then let's get uh, let's get around the SEC. A couple questions for you there, too, Carter, yeah, if you don't mind. Um, Brian Kelly was interesting today in his press conference, and be quite honestly, to me, it kind of felt like this is what I've always wanted here in a sense, the way that this is presence and how he does things. I'm going to ask a very broad statement. Do you think that he can find a way because of who he is and how he schemes up thing? How critical is it that he will be on the sidelines this Saturday? Because in my gut, I don't know if you heard me say this, this for whatever reason feels like a Florida LSU last season, a Georgia LSU in 2018, something just feels like, you know, don't count out LSU and talking to our buddies over at Online and things like that. Carter, LSU's only plus plus three and a half, and I yeah. think that line's going to move to plus three. What do you think that these guys are seeing? Is it the Brian Kelly factor? Like, what is what is the big reason, in your opinion, why LSU is only a dog, a plus three in this game? Yeah, so you go back to Tennessee's game on the road versus Pitt earlier this year. A lot of fortunate things went in their favor. Like Pitt's quarterback got hurt. Um, a few yeah, other Slovis things went game. out, right? Yeah, so a few other things happened in that game that got a little weird. And, you know, Tennessee dialed up some very clutch blitzes. You know, their defense might not be that great, but they can be timely, right? They, um, you know, their total yard numbers don't look great. Yard per play numbers are a little bit better. Uh, but but they can get exotic, you know, with their pressures, which is going to be, you know, very interesting. Um, I am a little shocked that that number is there, right? I am a little shocked that that number isn't closer to five to six. And, and that's not me saying anti-LSU stuff. It's just what Tennessee offensively has done compared to what LSU offensively has done. The efficiency numbers are are, are, are crazy. But you look at some of these other metrics, like EPA per play still loves LSU, um, and EPA per play is one of the more like predictive stats that uh, the analytics people use, right? They, they still love LSU offensively and defensively when it comes to EPA per play. Um, and this being a true road game in, in Death Valley. It is interesting, though, Tennessee coming off a bye. I, you know, I brought this up, you know, on a live stream. I thought Tennessee would be five and a half, six point favorites. Uh, I after did, too. Uh, after what we saw, I honestly versus, thought there uh, would be a touchdown favorite if after last yeah. this past week. If I'm being honest, yeah, and 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 trust me, Tennessee is is a flawed team, but I think you know LSU was very very fortunate to obviously win this game versus Auburn. We caught a lot of lucky breaks against Mississippi State. There hasn't been a game where LSU versus a Power Five team has played a full four quarter game or a game where you could say. They dominated both the first and the second half, right? And that's 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 tough, right? But LSU still has a bunch of talent. LSU, uh, I, I still think, you know, on, on a per player basis, is a more talented team than than Tennessee. And you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think the LSU offensive line will have a bounce back game going up against a defensive line that's also experienced, uh, but isn't as good as Auburn's. Uh, and and we'll, we'll hopefully see LSU's offense protect a lot better. That was my last LSU Tennessee question for you. Yeah, their all their defense has a lot of holes in it, and yeah. they're bad at tackling. 
I think their defensive line has a propensity to get pushed around. Do you think that LSU can get things going this weekend because of just how lackluster this Tennessee defense has been? Yes. But I do think LSU needs to ex- experiment with a few things, right? Like, here's one thing. I, here's one thing I would like to see is, you know, it, it, it didn't seem like Dre really got anything going ver- versus Auburn. I would be interested to see what the LSU offense looks like with certain players in and out of the lineup, right? What What does LSU's wide receiver grouping look like if it's Malik, BTJ, and Jack or? Jeray, Jack, Do you and, think, are and, you saying to really interrupt you? Are you saying that you think they rotate a little too much? They might, or what I would do is try different rotations. Right now, that's not me saying, "Hey, you know, so and so needs to get certain amount of touches, or so and so needs to get certain amount of snaps." I feel like LSU is a better team when when Kayshawn's on the field. But my, my let's let's see a series if if, if when he's not. Right. Let's see a series with him doing something different. Let's see a series where you're exclusively in in ten personnel. Right. Just to see if, if something. What about might fourteen be able- personnel, like on the goal line? Hey, look, I, I will say this: Stores, his few plays he was in, made some good blocks, made some really critical. He clapped some fools. His name is now yeah. Nick. Nick clapped some fools. Stores. I like the big eighty-five man. He, mm-hmm. He's he's always had a lot of blocking talent. So. I I I would like to see them experiment with uh, a few things like that, and you know get get some simple completions like longer developing plays, limit those. Let's get some quick things going and and get the team in a rhythm. And if you do that, could be a good night for the LSU passing attack. Last one, and I want to go around the SEC here with you. Just one question though. Last one. Yeah. When you look at Alabama, I'm gonna. It's a very long-winded question. When yeah. you look at Alabama and Bryce Young going down, and you, you see that they insert Jalen Milrow and they absolutely obliterate Arkansas in the running game when they couldn't bust a grape to start off the game. When you see certain things that Jane Daniels can do, do you think that? How do I, let me ask you this question because I. I and, and I know Saban talked about this today. Do you think Saban is lying in reference to not having packages ready to go for Jalen Milrow? Because, Carter, quite honestly, he is electric when he's got the ball yeah. in his hands. Does he – Does after what happened this week against Arkansas scare you, maybe not even this season, but for the future, what you see in him in Alabama? I mean, you're always – I mean – I will say it's hard for Alabama to get any better than they already are, right? Like, uh, I mean, they, they they win in so many different ways. I mean – Carl, they ran for 275 yards in the second half or something crazy like that. Their run game's really good. Uh, their offensive line, Their offensive line is obviously good. You know, Booker ended up being a really good true freshman pickup for them. Latham and those guys are playing better. Uh, they're they're – they're just really good, and then you know, obviously, you know, obviously, Jameer Gibbs and and those guys. Twenty-two point eight miles per hour is what he was clocked at. It's unreal, and it, it's it, what what's scary is is Arkansas's you know best player this year was an Alabama transfer, Drew Sanders. Um, you know, it's it's crazy just how much talent they have, and honestly, it was 
saving mistakes, right? I, I it was a very conservative punt on fourth and inches that allowed Arkansas to get back into the game. Obviously, some special teams errors allowed Arkansas to get back into the game. But, you know, Alabama, to me, is they were my number one team going into the year. Wasn't That's not any – That's not, not new news. It's not – yeah, it's just same old, same old. And it's – honestly, I, I just don't think it's it's good for anybody, right? It's, it's, it's not any good that they're this good every single year. Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to be competitive with them. Obviously, you know, coming off a bye and Brian Kelly's coaching, maybe, you know, we get them on a one-off situation kind of like, you know, last year. But – you know, they're they're playing really well right now. And, yeah, I mean, they, they are the clear-cut best team in, in, in the West, and uh, hopefully that changes soon. They're going to absolutely demolish A&M this weekend. They are yeah, going then? to – yes, because if Max can't go, if Max can't go, and you got to go with Haynes King. Haynes. Huh? huh? Let me tell you huh? something. Huh? they got to go to Wagman. It, 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 buddy, uh, Haynes, Haynes King isn't it. He's not yeah. it. Yeah, I, I Carter, it would have. He, do, he goes here. I'm not <laughs> I, exaggerating. He, he that, that elbow. The huh? elbow. Huh? Carter, huh? I, I mean, huh? it is the worst throwing. Carter, it's worse than Phillip Rivers. At least Phillip was here. It was a shorter right. sidearm motion. Carter, he is so, I mean. Got that, yeah. He's got the high you get from Street Fighter. How you get? <laughs> I, I mean, it just, I don't. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man, that's right. world class. It is. I, I, don't, I don't hate on the kid. He is, Carter, he could play slot receiver with the speed that he has. They clocked him last week. I saw this on PFF at like 20.8 miles per hour on a scramble. Uh, Haynes King. Haynes King? Yeah. I like it. Well, the well, kid well, can well, run. Reverse Tannehill that. him. Reverse Tannehill right. reverse him. Tannehill. <laughs> you know, do the reverse. All right, Carter, I've kept you here long enough. you got a fiancé and dogs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I need to get you out of here. I'm sorry. It's all good, man. It's it's great. But I will say that uh, – go ahead. Go no, ahead, no, no, no. Go, go ahead and say what I will just say, say this. I don't – your film breakdowns, buddy, are insane. I, I mean, just the amount of detail that you go in and put into them, it's insane. I would appreciate that. I would love, and I know you don't have more time, but this is this no, is this is the selfishness in me. I would love for you on your SEC channel to pick one SEC film breakdown to do. Now, maybe you're already doing this, and I hadn't seen it. Are you already doing like an SEC film breakdown? Man, I, I did one a little bit on on Arkansas uh, today, but not, not. I don't go like into detail like the LSU stuff. All right. Well, you know what would be interesting is if. You did Tennessee. I'll do a Tennessee one. I like. I, I, here's okay. Here's the one thing about Tennessee that I like, right? So I didn't know C break this down. And for those that don't know that, that's never watching my film breakdown. He's an SEC offensive coordinator. Uh, just just give your source. Well, no, no. I I'm lucky. I'm lucky to know a few coaches that that you know. Our, our, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's butt chin. Bill, Bill O'Brien's my guy. <laughs> Bill O'Brien's butt chin. It's the butt no, chin I, in it. Well, you, you want to know what's funny, Blake? The is, chin. No. I'm, I'm, huh? You, you want to know what's interesting, Blake, is like I am lucky to know coaches and, and scouts that know way more about this. The, the, all the terminology, robber, money, cloud, all these different terms, they, they know way more than I do, right? 
and they can you know go into lectures about what all that stuff means right and i, I have a, an idea of what all that stuff means right but and that, and that's actually just the basic stuff it gets more into the detail but what's really interesting about tennessee and hypel is they're actually simple right they they do, are simple with complex formations correct right like the hypel's offense is very quarterback friendly where you know hendon hooker doesn't like he he can miss throws and there still be other options open they do a really good job and the thing is is hendon hooker takes it to another level because he's taken it to another level carter and, is it a form of an air raid without being it being called that yeah it's it is like what what they'll do is that they they do such a good job of just generating space and the best play callers do that. What I think, you know, and, and to use an LSU spin on it, yeah, let's, let's take the 2019 LSU offense, right? A lot of that offense was based around the players getting open, winning matchups, and, and, and all of that, right? Tennessee's offense, they have really good players. Don't get it twisted. But they do a good job of creating space for those players to operate, right? And I, I think and that's just a very macro it's not like very detailed breakdown of what they do uh so if tennessee fans don't crucify me for simplifying it but that's that's what he they said do. way down like, yonder on the tattahoochee you get tired in a hoochie coochie that's what they Alan say jackson man uh but yeah it's it's just amazing how good they are at that and that was part of the reason why i liked them so much going in you know to this year is that yeah i i just fell in love with hypo's coaching style and I, I just I just liked him a lot. I, I wasn't like when he was hired, I was like, okay, who's this guy from UCF? And you know, you start watching more of Tennessee and you're like, wow, this offense is a lot of fun to watch. So number one, I'm jealous of everybody that's getting to go to the game. You're getting to see, you know, what a quarterback who's gonna be playing on Sundays, um, in, in Hinden Hooker, and you're you're gonna see a, a hopefully a really good offense getting shut down in Tiger Stadium. Huh? Huh? The Smoky huh? Graves are getting clapped. That's all I'm let's saying. Go. Carter. Let's go watch let's go watch some Monday night football. All right. See yeah, you, buddy. No, no. Thank you so yeah. much. All right, buddy. Cheers. Right. Carter the Power Bryant. All right. One last break, and then we're gonna get out of here. Let me talk about my good friends over at Fry Construction. Fryconstruction.com. If I can find it, here it is. If you have site work and land development, oil and gas services, commercial construction, aggregate and soil hauling, waste containers, demolition, they do it all. Go see them at 161 West Maple in Eunice, Louisiana, or give them a call at 337-457-5100. That is 337-457-5100. Let them know that Blake Rafino sent you on by. All right. We did have the Saints in the SEC. I am going to push that until tomorrow so we can go ahead and get on out here and watch some ESPN, some Manning cast maybe. If they're even doing it, I don't even I don't even know. But until then, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.